it's really the audience that I've cultivated. And I think the audience that most people cultivate without realizing it, they're cultivating an audience that's like them. Mm -hmm. And so if you're making something that you genuinely like and would watch, that's what your audience wants to see. Yeah. We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned out. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance. So I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> Our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. My guest today is Andrew Edwards. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Andrew has a YouTube channel, Andrew Edwards, Yes. Um, where you do Gear Live, right? Mm -hmm. um, really big into tech reviews, yes. right? Everything to do with electronics and all that stuff. So yes. give us a little bit of your background. How did you How did you end up in this place where you're a YouTuber with this, with this channel that does all these tech reviews? For sure, for sure. Well, first of all, I'm not a YouTuber. <laughs> I actually have a, a big disdain for the word YouTuber and <laughs> sure. influencer, um, but I I am a content creator. There you go. So let's go there. Let's go with that one. Um, I started back in 2004. I was working oh, wow. at a, uh, I had a job, like typical mm -hmm. um, early 20s, and I had always been into electronics, gadgets, computers, etc. I kind of figured that. So, I got that sense yeah. from your content. You very much, you've been a gearhead for a while. Yes. Uh -huh. It was my passion even uh -huh. back then. But at the time, again, early 20s, I would make very stupid early 20s decisions like, okay, my phone bill is due. <laughs> but they don't cut you off unless you're two months past. And if I, so if I don't pay this month, I can go buy the new whatever just came out yeah. and then just pay my phone bill. Like just silly things like that. Yeah. So it came to a point where I said, I need consumer electronics to make me rich instead of make me poor. Okay. How can I do this? <laughs> um, I had always. That's the fundamental question right there. Yeah, it is, right? That's the existential... It's either taking money out of your pocketbook right. or it's putting, or it, putting it, in. it in. Okay. And so now, most people, when it comes to this, they pay for gadgets and, yeah. you know, it, it's a money losing, you know, proposition. Mm -hmm. And so this, I, I'd always been involved with the internet from age 14. So okay. AOL, AOL, America yeah. Online. Chat rooms. I actually had a... Uh, I don't go back to AOL. You don't? I did have a Hotmail. Oh, okay. Hot, <laughs> no, AOL was where it was, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. AOL, 14 years old. I was running a... I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of pro wrestling. I used to be a pro wrestler, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Early I didn't know on. that about you. Cool. Yes, I used to be a pro wrestler. Um, and when I was a teenager, I ran a pro wrestling newsletter on AOL. Oh, okay. So yeah. I really loved writing. In school, I was a straight-A student, but I loved English class. Yeah. Um, and so I decided in my early 20s, I was like, I'm just going to start one of these... What is, a blog. What is this? A blog? Mm -hmm. let, me, let me do this. I see, I, I've been hearing this word. Yeah. So I start a blog call it Gear Live. And every day after work, I would spend maybe 45 minutes to an hour writing a couple blog posts about my opinions of the tech news of that day. Okay. Just, you know, just, just a little creative outlet for yeah. myself. I didn't, it's I didn't know what would happen. already. Yeah. Let me Love just, to write. Go for it. Yeah. So I'm buying stuff. I'm writing like, oh, here's what I think about this new thing I just bought or whatever. Um, fast forward nine months and it becomes my full-time job. Yeah. So I, I start, I, uh, I install Google AdSense on the website and I'm making maybe 400 to 500 bucks a month, again, from 45 minutes to an hour of work each day. And so it just occurs to me, if I do eight hours, 
instead of 45 minutes to one hour and you multiply this by eight yeah if 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 the math checks out i'll be making more doing this than i would at my full-time job yeah so i quit my job i dive in the very next day uh a company reaches out to me i think it was samsung um and they say we'd like to pay you three thousand dollars for you to put this <laughs> ad on your website for two weeks this is the next day next day after i quit my job <laughs> so awesome and so i'm like wait a minute because i thought you know again very new to this i thought i could only make money by from putting google adsense on. yeah you're telling me brands will reach out and pay me directly like this is crazy but that opened my eyes so i was like okay i'm gonna be you know i'm going from you know worker to hobbyist to business owner now yeah i'm running a business i need to figure this stuff out yeah um the blog is going great again it was near the end of 2004 that it became my full-time job by 2006 Consumer electronics blogging has exploded. Everybody has a blog. Blogs are getting bought up by bigger companies. Um, the two biggest ones that I would say were competitors, if you want to use that term, uh, one gets bought by AOL, <laughs> one gets bought by Condé Nast. And I'm getting offers too, and I'm feeling like I don't want to just sell. I feel like I'm just getting started here. I don't want to just sell. I, I want to build this into something. But the problem was the blogs were one or two people. Mine wasn't just me. The others were one or two people working. Mm -hmm. Once they get bought up by these big companies, their staffs balloon up to 14, 15. It's like, how can I compete with the output of 15 writers when I'm just one guy? What can I do? January 2006, what can I do to set myself apart? The big Super Bowl, if you will, of uh, consumer electronics is called CES. Yep. Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas every January. I'm going into CES season wondering how can I come out of this with a win because there's no way my output is going to match. They have 15 reporters yeah, working the floors working and it's just all me. The floors. What can I do? Yeah. So I make a decision. I say, I'm going to get a video camera and I'm going to go to CES and I'm gonna do videos about everything that I see that's interesting. No one was doing video at the time. Yeah, this they're all writing. Right, so I go there, do videos, very successful, it works out. And then it occurs to me, the good thing about video versus blogs, when it's a blog, people know your blog name, which was GearLive, GearLive.com. I still run it today. But on video, people see you. Mm -hmm. They see you. They see your face. They see your name. Mm -hmm. And they associate you with your content. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer just a brand name and then my, my name as a small byline. Yeah. It becomes me. What does Andrew brand. think about this? Stuff? Yeah. I got to see what Andrew has to say about this. Next year, CES 2007, I was recognized as the outlet with the most video coverage at CES out of every everybody, including CNET, including any, any big brand you can think of. I beat them all out. And so that's when I knew it was full steam ahead with video. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. And then when did you start putting that on YouTube? Um, I, I put some videos on YouTube at the start. So the interesting thing for me was that I didn't realize the power that YouTube had until probably 2009. Okay. So I saw YouTube as free file storage because again, <laughs> yeah. I had a blog. No, for sure. And so when I did those videos, that's how I saw it at the beginning. Too. Yeah, uh -huh. I didn't, there was no YouTube for me to to publish these two. Yeah. I was storing them on a server and yeah. streaming them when people clicked on the file. Yeah. So that was very expensive. Yeah. So YouTube comes around. I'm like, oh, this is oh, free. This is free. This is free storage. I can just embed a link. Fantastic. Wow, that's exactly. Cool. I didn't think about community. I didn't mm -hmm. think about comments. I didn't think about, I didn't ever even looked at the comments to see if people, I just wanted the free storage and then to embed it in a post that I was good. Um, I also, at the time, YouTube had a, uh, a controversial clause in their TOS that a lot of creators at the time kind of frowned upon. So I was one of those creators that said, YouTube's never going to take off because of this. I'm going over to blip.tv. 
and that's going to be the future of streaming video online. No one knows what I'm talking about right now because they went out of business um, <laughs> probably a decade ago. Wow. But um, I was all in on on video for sure, but I wasn't so sure about YouTube. Once Blip went away, it was like, YouTube wins. This is it. So um, they got rid of that clause, by the way. It was something where it was, to, it was to the effect of if you upload a video to YouTube, and I'm sure they can still do it to this day. But at the time, it was like, we can use your video in any way we see fit. And some people were like, so this means they can say YouTube could make a compilation video that says, here's the top 10 stupidest YouTube videos of the day and just include you in that. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do this. I'm just I'm out. But obviously, fast forward to today, YouTube is, is a powerhouse. So, yeah, absolutely. they took the crown. Yeah. Quite the ride. So your work has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I mean you've been all over the place. Your your YouTube channel now has close to two hundred thousand subscribers. Is that right? What are you up Roughly, to? Roughly, I think so. Like I don't really keep a close eye, but it's 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 within like one or two thousand away from two hundred k. Yeah, and then um, a lot of the a lot of the tech reviews that you do now. Um, I notice you're wearing an Apple Watch yeah. and and um, you do like iPhone, like the new iPhone eleven mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You've um, do a lot of those kind of reviews. And so it's definitely worth checking out because you really kind of break it down in detail, like all the way down from like um, the design elements mm -hmm. and to the functionality to all of it. Like you're, you're very thorough. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, this is just because I love this stuff. So yeah. Much. Like this, and this yeah, is the cool thing about, you know, being a creator. Yeah. It's, I have found the thing that I love. So whether I was making money from this or not, because again, this started as just a hobby. I didn't expect right. all this to happen. Right. I was doing it out of just passion and love. Um, I love taking a look at something and explaining to somebody, here's how it works. Yeah. Here's what you should do with it. Like there was a there was this big viral thing a few months ago where people didn't know that on your iPhone, if you put your thumb on the space bar, you even held it there for a second, you could like move the cursor around the screen. It was like on the Today Show. It was like everybody's like, look how look how you can move the cursor around. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I knew this back when it came out. Like, yeah, but, you know, the yeah. average consumer, it just shows the average consumer doesn't know all the intricate details of these products like I might. Right. And so it's it's like, it's a joy for me to be able to like explain these Share things that with to other people. people. Yeah. So I just, you know, I absolutely love it. Um, and the fact that, you know, the other thing about this is back when I was that 21 year old kid who would want to go to the store, Target and buy an Xbox or mm -hmm. an iPod or whatever it was, I really looked up to these companies like, man, I love, I love Microsoft or I love Apple or whatever it was. And even to this day, I've been doing this for, you know, about 15 years now. Even to this day, it still blows my mind when I sit back and think like Samsung calls me now. Mm -hmm. Samsung calls me up and says, I'll be, I'll be doing something for Samsung next week. Yeah. Um, we need you at our event. Mm -hmm. Apple, we need you to come down. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you a preview. We're going to have this product in your hand before anyone else. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, this, this awesome. still blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the business of it for a second, okay. if that's sure. cool. Um, obviously, I don't think you're making all your money off of like Google AdSense anymore no. or any of YouTube's revenue. Right. What are what are the primary revenue streams? I mean, you mentioned in your early on story, Samsung approached you about yeah. doing like a $3,000 deal to write on a particular mm -hmm. piece of tech. Um, I'm assuming that's one of the primary sources of revenue is the tech companies will come to you and um, essentially pay you to write about stuff or, or to, to create a video on something. The way that I make the majority of my money these okay. days is through sponsorships. Okay. Yep. So um, a company will reach out to me or I'll reach out to them. It depends uh -huh. on you know who it is or what the product is. And they will want me to feature one of their products. And there's, yep. and there's multiple ways this might happen. So it might be, we have a new product coming out. Could you make content about this product? Mm -hmm. It could be, we know the new iPhone's coming out. 
we make a case for the iPhone. Could you feature this case within your mm, iPhone video? Okay, so a little more indirect, right? But insert it nonetheless. Exactly. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, or it could be, you know, social amplification of something. And this is why, when I said earlier, I'm not a YouTuber. I I feel very strongly that you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Hundred percent. And agree. the word YouTuber, in my opinion, is it's almost dangerous. Yeah. It, it sets up your mind to look at things a certain way. Subscriber numbers, views, analytics, and you live and die by these metrics that do not necessarily, you know, being a great YouTuber. Metrics that will change. They'll change all the time. Uh -huh. And metrics that metrics and things that you can't control because they're at the whim, that, the whim of right. another company. I think that these are vanity metrics that do not necessarily correlate to having a successful business. Yes. And I'm all about running a successful business, not necessarily a successful YouTube channel. I think those can be different things. Very wise so, distinction. You know, one thing I'm I mean by make that is... my kids listen to this. Yes, there you go, there you go. Because <laughs> they're like, we want to be YouTubers. And you know, one thing I mean by that, though, is a company will reach out and say, you know what, our YouTube budget is tapped for the year, but how are you on Facebook? How are you on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Do you know how many people I know that are great on YouTube and that tell me I will not upload to Facebook because there's no box I can check for monetization? And I'm instantly thinking, okay, maybe you don't, let's just say you don't have access to monetization. You add this in your media kit and you tell brands, hey, you want to do something on Facebook? Here's the add-on Here, Here's all this, or, yeah. yeah. It's like you yeah, monetize. Look at all this extra exposure. Exactly. Uh -huh. You monetize it. And I also firmly believe in serving people on the platform that they are. Yeah. I think it's silly to have a Twitter account that just points people trying to, to force people to right. kind of change their behaviors exactly. rather than work within the behaviors yes. that already exist. You're on Instagram, you're, you're scrolling through your feed or looking through stories and uh -huh. someone's just trying to get you to swipe up to send you over. It's like, I'm on Instagram right now. Serve me here. Yeah. So, you know, that, so going back to your question though, um, companies will reach out, they'll have these different products. They'll have the, I have different ways I can feature their products. Yep. Um, the one thing I do not do is take payment for reviews though. Reviews in my opinion. Right. You, you have to stay impartial. Yes. They stay uh -huh. impartial. I don't want anyone to think because I was paid to review something. That you can be bought off. Yes. I'm saying nice things because I was paid. So if a brand pays me for something, I'll do something like an overview where it's like, here's this new product. Let me show you how it works. Let me show you how to use Use these features. I'm not going to tell you if you should or should not buy it. I'm staying unbiased. I'm just showing you how it works. Um, in the case of uh, integrating, I call it an integration where, okay, here's a new iPhone. Hey, here's a new, this company makes cases. Let me show you what these cases look like. Let me show you how they feel in the hand. I'm not telling you to buy it or not to buy it. Just take a look and make your own decision. I, I want to stay separate from that. So if I'm reviewing something, you can always know that it's, it's genuinely my thoughts. There's no money involved. That's great. Love it. This podcast is called From Poop to Gold. Yes. What's your From Poop to Gold moment? When did you have the crappy situation that you turned into something positive? Mm. I think it was really back at uh, that CES 2006 moment where I told okay. you. Because the problem was... You're like, I'm getting beat out. Yeah, it, it really felt like if I don't make a significant change to my business where blogging was all the rage and I was making you know a bunch of money doing that, knowing that I didn't want to just sell my company and take a buyout. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I had much more to prove. I had much more to do. Prove to myself, really. Um, but knowing that I was on the ropes, like if I don't, if I don't change something, my blog is going to fall into irrelevancy. There's, I have to do something. What can it be? I mentioned I was a pro wrestler earlier, right? Mm -hmm. When you're a pro wrestler, and I'm talking about like WWE style, I'm not talking about like Olympic wrestling, WWE style, you're in basically spandex underwear in front of a crowd of people who you don't know. Vulnerable. <laughs> fake, fake fighting someone. Yeah. <gasps> 
and fake. fake <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and then when you get on the microphone, right? Like I have in my hand now, there's no, you know, talk, talk, talk. talk. Oh, I made a mistake. Can we do another take? Like you're in a crowd, you're live. So I learned that a skill that I attribute to my pro wrestling career, which was only a few years, which was how to, how to talk on the fly, do everything in one take. You mess up, you meant to mess up. You do it all in one take. I felt very comfortable on camera mm -hmm. on my first video because of this. I had the confidence. And I knew even if people came along and started doing video, I you don't know. You had an edge there. Yeah, I had an edge being early, being first. And in fact, fun fact, I was also the first one to do unboxing videos on YouTube. I bought Unboxing.com in 2006. You're the first Unboxing Unboxing. I, 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 when I bought Unboxing.com, I made up that word. The, there was no Unboxing. The pioneer right here, yes. Andrew Edwards. I did not know and that. And you can Google Very that. Cool. You can Google Unboxing. I think you can put like a, a timestamp in your search. There's yeah. a way to modify your search. And if you search for Unboxing back in like 2006, there's a bunch of newspaper articles about, is this guy's you, Unboxing stuff? You, this is crazy. You, you essentially coined the term. Yes. Yes. Awesome. That's yes. great. I know it's weird, but. No, it's great. Yeah. But yeah. that was my on the ropes moment, man. I was like, I'm either going to have to go back to the, you know, working for someone else and making someone else rich, or I'm going to figure something out and be confident in it and turn this around and, you know, go full, full forward. And that's what it was. Video was that step into, you know, the right direction. Yeah. They say that necessity is the mother of invention. It's actually more like desperation. Yeah, I think is so. the mother right. of invention. Right. Like, I've got no other choice. I have got to make this happen. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. Um, talk to us just a little bit about your creative process. Okay. So where do your, I mean, obviously you've got like, um, a fan base now, mm -hmm. uh, a following. Yeah. So you can crowdsource a lot of ideas, but like for you, like where to, I know you, you, you've talked about how you're already passionate about technology and all these things, right. but I mean, where, when do you feel the most creative, um, essentially in, in like just coming up with new ideas for things that you want to, um, do a video on? On or whatever it might be. Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I feel like a lot of us get into this cycle, including me, of you see trends. Mm -hmm. You see trends, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube, you know, photo, moving video, et cetera. And you're like, oh, that's a new thing. I got to get into that, right? And I feel like that's where I get caught up. The My most creative moments come when I'm ignoring everything and I'm just making what I want to watch. Love it. Like, that's it. I, if I make something that I would want to see I feel so in the zone. But when I see there's a, a new trend happening, I'm like, oh, I got to get I everybody's ride that doing this. Right right, now. Let me do that too, people. This is what people want to see. Mm -hmm. I got to give the people what they want. Yeah. But it's really the audience that I've cultivated. And I think the audience that most people cultivate without realizing it, they're cultivating an audience that's like them. Mm -hmm. And so if you're making something that you genuinely like and would watch, that's what your audience wants to see. Yeah. So you're, you're making videos. You know, I, I try to use this example where it's like, if you think of the president of the United States, and I just mean a, any president, not our current president, just any president of the United States. The president of the United States should have the best feel for the current climate of his people, mm -hmm. the Americans. Mm -hmm. However, the mayor of my town knows the people of my town better than the president of the United States. Were, right. Right. So that's kind of what we are. When I'm looking at the macro and seeing this is a trend mm -hmm. on YouTube, mm -hmm. that's macro. But that doesn't mean that that's what my audience wants. Right. And it's easy to kind of forget that sometimes because yeah. you just want to be on trend and doing the hot thing all the time. So I, I always tell people, just step back. 
and remember the way the reason you got to where you are today wasn't because of the trends usually yeah. some people did but usually it's because you've cultivated an audience that's very much like yourself and if you can just make the video or the you know the, the pictures or whatever it is whatever kind of creator you are um, make the content that you would want to watch yourself that's probably what your audience wants to see too that's beautiful yeah couldn't say say it any better myself I'm assuming you've read the book the user method I have not you I should not. check that out talks very much about innovators creators people kind of starting from a place of their own gut okay so something like i would love this and then it, it is in turn an extension there is there is an audience out there that is essentially an extension of themselves that's yes. also solving a problem for it's also appealing okay. to anyway, sounds great the user method anyway i i reference it a lot on this podcast okay. so if, if our audience hasn't read that book over and over again by now <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the problem is <laughs> okay absolutely um, where should our audience hit you up where's the best place to to find you. If you want to watch my content, uh, youtube.com slash gear live. If you're into consumer electronics, if you're more into like my tips as a creator and things like that, you hit me on Instagram at Andrew, which is spelled A-N-D-R-U. So at Andrew or Twitter at Andrew Edwards. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Be sure to subscribe for more of this great content and we'll see you on the next one. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary, or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14 day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step -step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, you actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product. And um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had, um, we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co slash script. That's hbros.co slash script.